Hold on to your butt. I'm, of course, surprised that a story had such an immediate and profound effect upon radio listeners. Hooey pleases the boobs a great deal more than sense. Whoa, it's us! We're in a lot of trouble! In politics, man must learn to rise above principle. What the hell are we doing here? We are behaving the way a superpower ought to behave. Well, our behavior has produced some crappy results. What we're witnessing now is the failure of the state. It is a death struggle for our republic. Giving voice to liberty in our time. Oh, I'm with you, Jack White. Welcome to the Joey Clark Radio Hour. Joining me tonight, he's back from back surgery. Troy, how you doing, man? I'm all right. I'm feeling a lot better. That's good. That's good. I got a commission on the disabled list for a little while there. Yeah, had to send me to IR. I know, but uh, we had a few folks kind of fill in your stead. Baron Coleman came in, and I filled in for Baron this morning. So this is hour 10 of radio for me today. Are you done talking yet? Oh, no. You know me. I love the sound of my own voice. and Windbag. Yeah. I, I um, What got me through the day, especially this morning, what amped me up was this. But also, I apologize, folks, who have been listening all 10 hours. So I might repeat a few things. But uh, this version of this song, I believe it's an old Sam Cooke song. And a lot of people have done it. It's a classic soul song. But you introduced me to this band as well, Troy. Let's give a listen. Oh, wait for it. And yes, Baron, hour 10 is the best hour. Thank you for texting. I was born by the had this like directly in the earbuds this morning right after doing yoga and was like oh it's a beautiful day i can see perfectly like i'm ready for 10 hours greta van fleet hit this spot oh greta van fleet now i did you see last week robert plant came out and said most rock and roll is boring new rock is boring these days no, I didn't see that. I think at first I agreed with him, and then I'm like, nope, that's old man syndrome, and I'm a bit of an old cranky curmudgeon myself. You know, maybe he was listening to Tom Petty. <laughs> You're going to get started with that again? I'm just saying. I didn't even bring him up. If and you wanted to be bored, Robert Plant, listen to Tom Petty. Yeah. So you don't like any Tom Petty? I like some Tom. You know, running down a dream? Yeah, that's back a, down? That's a good one. That's also a good one. Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah. It's pretty, uh, pretty the Waiting? It's good. He's got some good stuff. Listen to her heart. She's gonna tell her. It's gonna tell her what to do. She may need a lot of loving, but she don't need you. I'm not talking about you in particular. Right, right, right. It's just that you don't like petty. I'm just saying, if if you wanted to encapsulate boredom, 
with <laughs> modern rock and roll, it would be Tom Petty. Well, yeah, and if you search far and wide, you can find a lot of great new rock music. Uh, Greta Van Fleet is like Zeppelin Reborn. Mm-hmm. They're epic. The new Jack White album, which is what we came out with, the song was Corporation. It is crazy funky. Mm-hmm. I'll have to pull he's, some more up He's got up a lot YouTube. of genre-bending stuff on there. Like, it's not his usual sort of garage rawness. No, there's one I heard where it almost sounds like electronic trap music or hip-hop, and then it like goes into like a old swing piano. Like he goes between electronic drums, then trades it off to a piano solo. Electronic drum solo, piano solo. He does play the piano a lot on the album, and like I, I disagree with Mr. Plant unless he was specifically talking about Tom Petty. Okay, if he if he was not talking about Tom Petty, but was talking about other things, then I would disagree completely. Yeah, there's. It's just that there's so many different types of rock music nowadays that you can definitely find something that you like, like. I really enjoy this band called Death From Above 1979. Mm-hmm. And they started out as disco DJs. Huh. Yeah. And now they are like a rock band? Yeah, it's it's kind of... I, I don't want to say heavy in the sense that it's heavy metal, but it, it it's heavy in the sense that it, it hits hard. Okay. And they used everything that they learned from making disco electronic music to be able to make their sound the way that it is. So it's very, it almost sounds like it's, it is heavy, but it's like clear, like it very, like good rhythm. You can hear every part pretty clearly. I yes. imagine. Yes. Okay. That makes sense. And maybe where plants coming from is like when you listen to rock radio, like I love 104.9 The Gump, our, our sister station here at Blue Water, but you don't always get like great new rock on there. You mm-hmm. listen to some of the other rock stations, competitors here in town. You hear a bunch of classic rock that I love, but has been played to death. And so I think if you're hoping, like, in the mainstream to hear incredible rock music, you're probably not going to find it. Yeah. I mean, and that, I think that goes back to the early double aughts with, like, Nickelback and Three Doors Down. They, They sort of found this niche of, like, I, I can't say it. What about what about uh, this niche of uh, it, mediocrity? Oh, no, not mediocrity. They found a niche. They found a very good formula to get people to listen to it, and it's like a lot of country music nowadays. Oh, where formulaic. Well, and the formula is specifically for that country music is like sitting on a porch drinking a beer. <laughs> I'm just a country boy with my pickup truck and my blue jeans and my boots. Right. And this this early double lots rock is the ups and downs of love and relationships as well as partying. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. then it as it sort of evolved, you started getting groups like Shine Down. Yes. And so it got heavier, it got darker, it got more depressing. Yep, that's what and turned it, me off. It speaks to a lot of people out there that oh, sure. might be going through some things. And so they get that they get the heaviness, they get the hard the hardness of the rock and roll music, but they also kinda get get their whining out. See, but then I also with that music it got heavier and I'm not knocking guitar players out there. Right. The guitar players on in those bands are remarkable players. They lost the blues. They lost the blues and the space. Mm-hmm. It, like I, when I, there's so much going on in a rock song that you cannot hear a guitar solo unless you're very closely listening. I blame that on Pearl Jam. 
Um, mm-hmm. You ever listen to Pearl Jam Live? Mm-hmm. That guitarist can rip it, but you can't hear it. You can't hear it. It sucks. Now, if it does that. get depressing and heavy, it needs to be weird. Like Mars Volta. You got to bring in some weird prog rock to yeah. it. And that'll catch yeah. my interest. Mm-hmm. Like some Day of the Baphomets. Yeah, oh, God, that bass. Yeah. And last week I played, uh, what is it, Rapid Fire Toll Booth. Oh, you found it? Yeah. Oh, wow. It was yeah, on, the a, uh, oh, on the YouTube. On the YouTube? On the YouTube. Well, I feel like an old man because. Did we have these when we were growing up? I, and I think we did. Like the, the condom snorting thing that Greg was talking about at the end of his show. I've, I've, I must be so not with it. Right. That I don't know what that is. is it, are people snorting condoms? Yes. This is why you were a wise man to delete Facebook. Oh, okay. Uh, that apparently the new trend, and it's not just young people. You see people from different ages. I mean, I haven't seen a six-year-old snorting a condom. But yeah, they literally will take a condom snort it and have it like come out of their mouth like it's a david blaine magic trick except there's no magic involved i mean when when i was a kid there used to be a guy that did that with spaghetti yeah like you know it's like a kid's thing but now they're using condoms because they're well that's not especially smart well and apparently you can die from it you can choke on it to death i'm like that's not how i thought somebody would die from choking on a condom Right. Yeah, like, wow, that's... Right. What a waste of a good prophylactic. Well, I mean, that's... Well, and the the joke there, that was really low-hanging fruit. Oh, of course. Especially if we're going to be, you know, puns with our phallus. Oh, yeah. I mean, (laughs) this is low-hanging fruit. It's like... You know, the older you get, the more it drops. Yeah, indeed. You're just kicking around and kicking around and, like... All of a sudden, you decide to snort a condom. A condom. Well, I'm, I'm thinking... I think we had, like, the cinnamon challenge, the where you tried to eat, like, a tablespoon of cinnamon. The cinnamon challenge. Wasn't there, like, when we were in middle school, the, like, choking game? Like, people would choke till they would pass out or something, or they'd hold their breath until they passed out? Yeah. It was, yeah, that- it was popular with the young girls. I remember when I went to the 10-year reunion, they were talking about it. They used to do this thing. I'm like, were y'all in training or something? <laughs> <laughs> like, Mike, why are you trying to asphyxiate yourself? Why is this? And it just. The first time, it's like the first time you get told to do that. You're, excuse me? Excuse me? You want me to do what? What? I had some wise man say, only use the forearm, do not use the hand. And, it's, and don't do it. In my opinion, don't do it. Unless you're in a happy marriage. Communicate it. Communicate. Communicate it. Communication is the very, in my opinion, the most solid foundation of any relationship. Indeed. And if you're wondering what we're talking about, uh, talking about, if you have to ask, you don't need to know. If you don't know, you don't know. Yeah. If you don't know, you don't know. It's um, probably a good thing. Yeah. It's well. I'm like I said. I'm tired. This is hour ten. I am looking forward. To, I've been looking forward to the month of April for a while. Because this Sunday is WrestleMania. Oh, it's, that's right. I remember you texting me about that. It's going to be a really good one, too. I'm actually pumped for the Daniel Bryan is back. I don't know who that is. Okay, I went through this last week, but it's bigger than a cool wrestling story. It really is a cool wrestling story. Where he's like a little guy um, who isn't like a traditional like Hulk Hogan, The Rock, John okay. Cena. So you wouldn't think he's going to be the top guy in the company. 
but he was so pop. He's really good on the mic doing a promo. He can be very heartfelt, weave in true things with you know the wrestling storylines, and he reaches the top of his profession. He wins the title at WrestleMania a few years ago, then goes on a honeymoon with his lovely wife, who's also a wrestler, Bree. And he said it's the most amazing two weeks of his life. You know, top of profession, what he's wanted for 15 years. Marries a woman who's beautiful that he loves so much, who's in the same profession as him. Gets back from the honeymoon, finds out a few days later his dad's dead. What? Yeah. So he after he gets back from the honeymoon? His dad dies. Okay, so no one, he didn't, his dad didn't die when he was on the honeymoon. No, I don't believe so. Oh, okay. And then he's wrestling in some event, and he gets a concussion. And then he has to come clean with the doctors. This was in his first concussion after wrestling all sorts of places for 10, 15 years. And he's, in fact, had seizures before from concussions. Really bad sign. So he goes through the doctors, tries to get outside. Doctors say, I can wrestle. And they say, no, man, you, you're done. You need to retire or you could die. And so he gives this really heartfelt retirement speech. And they documented all this stuff. And for the last year, he's been the general manager on SmackDown Live. But, he, you know, that's not in-ring stuff. You're not physically going. So last week or two weeks ago, uh, news comes out. He's been medically cleared to wrestle. He started doing, uh, looking for specialists, and he st- started doing experimental um, treatment. I think it's like, uh, what, hyperbaric chambers? And this is huge for anybody with concussion trauma that apparently after doing these treatments all the damage from past concussions it's not showing up on the brain at all anymore damage like cte yeah oh that's interesting yeah so apparently this treatment he's undergone has and all the doctors and he went to all sorts of doctors before like you cannot do anything like this anymore had them scan him again after these treatments said it's you're fine it's remarkable, and wow. it's and he's back, and he gave this heartfelt thing, you know, like if you fight for your dreams, they'll fight for you, all this stuff, and it's just an incredible story. So he's back, he's wrestling at WrestleMania, okay, and that's one really cool storyline. Yeah, and the guys he's fighting against, he goes back ten years with. He slept on their couches. It's really cool. How they're weaving in the reality stuff. Anyway, I'm pumped for that. Okay. I'm really excited for WrestleMania. I'll probably talk about it more this week. There's other good matches. Uh, but then Infinity War, Avengers Infinity War comes out this month. Yes. It's such a good month. Jessica Jones season two came out a couple weeks ago. I've only watched two episodes. And, and I didn't, I actually never have caught up with Jessica Jones. I've only watched two episodes because some bad things are going to happen. I've not even and seen season one. I don't even, knowing that I have no control over what's going to happen to that character and I know bad things are going to happen to her and her relationships and stuff, especially after the first season, which was really dark, I'm like, I don't know if I'm going to keep watching this because I don't want these things to happen to her. I did watch Luke Cage. And did Luke Cage meet her in the first season? Luke Cage first appears in the Marvel Cinematic Universe on Netflix in Jessica Jones. Really? Yes. She is sort of stalking him. But she's a private investigator, so basically she's taking pictures of him. Mm-hmm. Normally, she takes pictures of people because she has a case that she has to work, whereby, say, a wife or a husband is looking to see if their significant other is cheating on them. Right. And so you need evidence for the divorce. That kind of thing. And given her power, she's especially good at this. Or she just does she, it. She's just especially good at this given her past. Okay. All um, right. 
which is... I don't want to give away too much. Right. Oh, I was just going to go ahead and give away the whole Go thing. ahead, then. Okay. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. So her parents died in a car accident. She was in the car with her younger brother. The younger brother also dies. She goes to the hospital, and this is where season two sort of comes in, but there's 20 days missing of her stay from the accident to the hospital. It turns out this company paid for her all her medical treatment, and that's how she got her powers. But in season one, that's how you meet this woman named Trish who has a talk show on the mm. radio. Trish mm-hmm. Talk. Her name's Trish Walker. She was a child star, a la Lizzie McGuire. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, one of those weird Disney kids. Right. Her name was Patsy. <laughs> she had, like, red hair and stuff. Anyway, she was, like, a, a child star, and she got kind of famous, and she started becoming... When she started to get into her teens, she was, like, at a bar that she shouldn't have been at, and she, like, set a table on fire. So her mom, who was also her representative, like, goes to the hospital to just find a child that just lost its parents so they could get good publicity. They adopt Jessica. For publicity. Wow. Yeah. But her and Jessica end up being really close, really good friends. Anyway, she's watching Luke Cage. Luke Cage owns a bar. Yeah. And she is an alcoholic. It's a really... She's got really bad alcohol. Man, this show does sound dark. Well, the reason she has really bad alcoholism is because there's this guy named Kilgrave, and he has the ability to control people with a word. (laughs) And he sees her as a quote-unquote powered individual... And he makes her jump for days. He, can I, can, can I use the R word on radio? Rape? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. He rapes her. Yeah. All the time. Oh, my. Physically, mentally, because he compels her to do all these things that she doesn't want. Right. But, man, the show is dark. Yeah. That's why she's got the alcoholism. Understandably, yeah. So she's watching Luke Cage because she feels guilty. And the reason she feels guilty is because Luke Cage was dating a woman named Reva Connors. And Kilgrave needed something from her, and you find out what he needed from her in the show. And then he tells Jessica to, quote-unquote, take care of her. So Jessica punches this woman in the chest. And she's a powered individual, so that punch kills her. Mm. So that's why she's following Luke. Hmm. Just taking pictures of him and stuff, because she feels guilty. And I'm just wondering if Luke Cage can you know, really lay into it in the way you think Luke Cage can. Uh, there was, uh, yeah. So she she does she does hook up with him. Yeah, just um, wondering, like powered individuals. They broke their bed. Oh wow. Yeah. It's they, like they broke his bed. Yeah. It's like uh, Braun Strowman suplexing uh, the Big Show off the top rope, breaking the ring. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's yeah. it was it was impressive, and he 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 cuts a striking figure, Joey. He really does. Oh, I believe it. He's I a uh, it. just at, objectively, he's a very pretty man. Yeah, yeah, that's subjective. Um, Man, Kilgrave gets a hold of Luke Cage. Don't tell me, don't tell me. Okay. But Infinity War, we've been waiting for ten years. Oh, I know. Ten I, years. Every time, every time I see the trailer in the movie theater, I, I get emotional because it's been such a journey and so much has happened in my life. Right. Like, going through all the ups and downs of life and you sort of got th- these movies on the side that you know something you've enjoyed for 10 years right. and now it's coming into a culmination that's so cool yeah and we were what 19 18 years old mm-hmm. it's and the storyline I, I i like that there will actually be stakes there's gonna probably be some dead superheroes and i went back uh two weekends ago and especially with the new eyes like i'm gonna watch movies in hd and 4k watch Captain America Winter Soldier and watch Civil War. 
the Russo brothers who directed those two films are directing Infinity War. And, you know, I've always been like, oh, those are at the Civil War and Winter Soldier at the top of my list. But re-watching them, like, these are remarkable movies beyond just a good Marvel movie. Right. They're not, to me, they don't feel, well, Civil War sort of does. But Winter Soldier feels like an espionage film that happens to have superheroes in it. And It's so good. And when those guys are the ones that pulled that off and they're now directing this culmination where you're seeing all these characters... And again, it's not, it's kind of like wrestling for me. It's not just, okay, these storylines in WrestleMania are going to be really cool. Yes, if you're a Marvel fan and you've watched all the movies and you've lived life, like you just said, that's really cool. But these movies are sort of a culmination of also technological feats, mm-hmm. financing feats. Like, no, but Marvel started off as this tiny studio that we're not going to work with some of the big uh, movie studios. We're not going to work with. Even the Weinsteins of the world, not for the reasons people have found out, but we want to control our own content. Can we pull this off? We'll pull in a guy we never thought could make a movie like this, John Favreau. We'll pull in Robert Downey Jr. And, okay, that's a success. And out of that success, they build and they have created something never done before in the entertainment business. And so you're not only accomplishing that in that industry, you're also accomplishing new and newer and newer technological feats with CGI, with the mix of CGI and practical effects. And the storyline, again, to be able to tell a storyline essentially about a character, Thanos, who worships death, and to do it in a way that I think is probably going to be one of the best-selling movies in years... Is I think the fact that you can tell a deep story in the middle of it also being somewhat like Transformers, like it's it's a spectacle. It's well, and it's it's world building. I don't want to say never before seen on film, but it's it it sort of is world building on a scale that's usually limited to printed media, right? And so it's going to be awesome. You know they they haven't released the name of the next Infinity War. Or the next Marvel movie, because it's a spoiler. Oh, really? Yeah. Holy crap. Yeah. And in between the Infinity War movies, it's going to be Ant-Man and the Wasp that comes out, and Captain Marvel. Mm. And Sexy superhero lady. I'm not sure how they're going to do that. Because, well, Captain Marvel, most of it takes place in the 90s. So they can do that. They don't have to mess up or mess with the timeline or anything. And then Ant-Man and the Wasp, they can sort of... Time is really relative to them because of how small they can go when they have the negative zone, that kind of thing. Super excited. Oh, I'm so pumped. And, uh, like, if folks, you're sitting here listening, wondering, you know... God, these guys are nerds. And it sounds like just two friends catching up. That's what we're doing. Mm-hmm. I'm on hour 10 of radio. What do you want from me? We've got new moves, folks. I mean... I, I had back surgery. Joey had LASIK. We've yeah, got new moves. We've got new moves. And I think it plays. The uh, back plays. The back plays. The eyes play. Oh, I think so. The you, nose also plays. Oh, the nose does play. The nose plays. It's difficult to drink champagne with it, but... Uh, well, in, in a flute class. Right, right. It's just, you know, and if I know what's happened in the news today. China put on new tariffs. I don't like that. And it's not just the cost of the tariffs. RT came out and said that Trump invited Putin to the White House. He did, and the White House confirmed it, and they're going to have some summit at some point. Why? Uh, I think to try, actually, I think they're going to try to surprise people, come up with a new START treaty. 
Oh, okay. Oh, I'm hoping that as soon as Putin lands, Mueller pops out of the bushes and hands him a, <laughs> a subpoena to the grand jury. That's getting weirder and weirder because you have the Mueller investigation that I hope... Give us something, Robert. Something. Like, I hope this wasn't a waste over the last however many months we've been doing this. And then now you've got the DOJ Inspector General and Sessions has appointed a U.S. attorney from Utah to look into the FBI and the FISA application process. So you've got these two parallel investigations like coming to a head. You've got uncertainty in the markets over a trade war with China. You've got the Syrian situation, which gets more and more convoluted and complicated by the day. Should we keep 2,000 troops in there while essentially hoping the Kurds fight against Turkey while we flirt with taking on Assad and the Iranians and Russia at the same time? While the Saudis all of a sudden are now backers of Israel. It's just the world's getting weird. So there's a lot going on in the news. The Saudis are probably backers of Israel because they're tired of, what is it, Pakistan that's constantly launching missiles at them? Saudi Arabia gets attacked like every day now. Oh, they, no, 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 it's Yemen. Yeah. But we just, without much fanfare, the Senate approved continuing to support the Saudis to bomb Yemen. Yemen relies for its food and water on imports. So it's like mass starvation, all sorts of disease breaking out, all sorts the transportation hubs, airports have been bombed to hell. It's in, and the Saudis thought this will take a little while, especially with Americans help. It is uh, getting worse and worse. Yeah, the and Yemen is now trying to fire rockets back into Saudi Arabia. Which is not successful because Saudi no. Arabia has purchased a ton of Patriot missiles from us, which is a glorified missile defense system. Um, but I think the, the worst thing you could possibly say when going into either war or conflict is basically the line of like World War One or World War II. We'll be home by Christmas. Right. As soon as you say that. Uh, no, that's. And do you remember? Congratulations, that war is going to last five more years. I can't remember the guy's name, but he's some famous explorer, and he went to explore the Arctic during World War One, and he got stuck, and he, they survive, survive, like, and he somehow survived being lost in the Arctic, and he he gets back, and like after this long journey of being lost, almost freezing to death, and somebody finds him out in the ocean. And he says, and I think he's been gone for months, if not a year. He's like, what happened with the war? And it's like one of the most chilling reports, famous reports ever. It's like, oh, the war's still going on. Millions are dead. We don't see any end in sight. And so it's like you hope, because a lot of people like to harken back to the Munich moment. You, peace in our times at Chamberlain, and Churchill stood up and was right, and Darkest Hour is a great movie. You know, I'm a very anti-war guy, but when you're in that situation, Germany's on your doorstep, you fight. But I think the parallel is more World War One, where everybody's kind of ripe. There are a lot of tripwires to where, again, what if a bunch of Russians and Americans die backing their proxies? There's... In Syria. It's... What happens if Taiwan goes crazy or China makes a big move towards Taiwan? What happens if these talks potentially with Kim Jong-un and North Korea don't go well? What if it is a slow walk? Trump just appointed John Bolton, who's made a legal case not only to bomb the legal case, to bomb North Korea, but Iran as well. Yeah. Like, crazy things going on in this world. The the guy is, he's pretty hawkish. Oh, very hawkish. 
I I mean, uncharitably, I said he actually dyes his mustache with the ground bones of the defeated. I mean, that's better than Nancy Pelosi, who sleeps in a cocoon of her own wings. Yeah, that broad is crazy. Thank you for that, Dennis Miller. <sighs> this is why we talk about, why I'm excited for WrestleMania, why I'm excited for Affinity War. It's not that I just turn off my brain and go escape into these worlds. I do that some. I am paying attention to what's going on in the world. And when I look at the real world, I'm like, I, I like to, I'm on this new kick where I'm not misanthropic. I'm on this new kick where things could work out well. It's a great piece. Um, Bucolic, I, even? <laughs> well, no, there's a, a guy named Isaac Morehouse wrote a piece where he said, imagine somebody could go back in time to the year 1900. And he could convince the people in the year 1900, I am literally from the 21st century. And they go, oh, okay. What's going to happen in the new century, in the 20th century? He's like, well, millions of people will die in two different world wars. The maps of the world will be redrawn, not to mention the rise of communism and the whole Cold War. Like, these new things called atomic and then nuclear weapons will be created that can destroy cities in a minute or two. But then also you will see prosperity beyond your wildest dreams. Mm -hmm. Billions brought out of poverty. More people will be alive today than have ever, than have died in the history of humankind. The United States will be on sort of the top of the game for a mm -hmm. long time. It's crime rates and everything across the board will go down. Yes. The only thing really that's going to go up astronomically is the deficit, which I should probably define for you since this is the 19th century. If you know, if you're the guy speaking to them, sure. oh, here, here's what a deficit is, by the way. <laughs> um, you have gold won't be money. No, nope, you have stem cells. I could teach you what you need to know about blood. Right. Um, if oh, you, polio if you, will be gone. Yeah, malaria for the most part until some hippies or actually some really rich, privileged white people stop you know vaccinating their kids. Which I understand because it might give autism if you do the shot all at once. I can understand there's no proof really, but if you want to tear your vaccination, sure. But outright just not doing it. What are you doing? Snake oil salesmen still exist. Yes, just under different names and different guises. Yes, particularly in what's known as Silicon Valley. Mm -hmm. um, Where they'll be microdosing psilocybin and LSD mm -hmm. in order to stay focused. <laughs> You'll drugs. be able to communicate with anybody you've ever known at any time at the touch of a button. Which will be amazing to keep up with family and friends and to make new friends and new working connections and create wonderful things in this world. But it will also allow terrorists. And disinformation. And disinformation. And also for major companies and especially the world governments to collect all your information and to know more about you than you know about yourself. As well as advertising companies. You are the product. Indeed. But and it's great. It's great here. There's so many great things. And there's so many bad things, too. Essentially, it's both. Yeah. It's not utopia, it's not dystopia. And it's also not in balance. It's constantly in flux. Yeah. And what's interesting, it's Brave New World comes to mind. To those people living in Brave New World, the test tube babies who have grown up to know their place in society, it is utopia. We get all the drugs we want, all the sex we want. We get to watch movies, which they call feelies. Uh, you know, free love, free drugs. All our sustenance is provided for as long as you just know your place. But then the one guy who didn't grow up in that world, who was born naturally when brought into that world, it's not utopia, it's hell. Or even his suffering isn't allowed to be personal. Even his suffering is treated as spectacle by the news media. I think we're in 
a world like that today where there's a lot of incredible things and hope for happiness and contentment and tranquility, but also the potential for uh, hell on earth. Yeah, welcome to the world, ladies and gentlemen. There's so much going on, and it's all so complex that the beautiful thing about being a human being and have the ability to choose how to think about something at any given moment is really you can truly... 100,000% of the time, which, you know, let's, okay, 100% of the time, all the time, you can see what you want to see in the world. Yeah, exactly. And choose what to put in your mind. And uh, watch things like WrestleMania and Infinity War. Mm-hmm. I'm so excited for the month of April. It's going to be good. We're going to hit a quick break. You're listening to the Joey Clark Radio Hour. It feels good to have Troy back. Mondays with Troy have returned. This song's called Corporation. Jack White's new album just dropped. Get ready for that. Those uh, funky keys. There's a great documentary. I think it's on Amazon Prime. Uh, uh, Prime Video. Oh, hey, that's not boring. That's that interrupted boring. me. Yeah, that's not boring, Robert Plant. There's still great, innovative rock music, good sir. This guy, people aren't wearing jeans where you can see all your junk and long hair. And flowers enter your hair. Doesn't mean you know. Have you ever tried to wear skinny jeans? Yes. Were you able to pull it off? It hurts. It does. I don't like it. I have soccer thighs. So even... I've I've tried on skinny jeans, and my God. Well, I'm with the... Like these uh, boot-cut jeans. I've had them for a while, and doing the yoga, these are tight. Mm -hmm. These are form-fitting enough. After you wash them, you got to, like, wear them for a day before they're comfy again. Yeah. Yeah. No, I don't get the skinny jean thing. No, I... I do not get it. Slim fit? I get it. Yeah, I like slim fit. I, like I got it. a lot of good tips off that Queer Eye for the Straight Guy show on Netflix. Oh, you watched it? S- slim fit is where it's at now, but not the skinny jeans. I mean, the really? dudes, the guys wore the skinny jeans. I haven't watched the show. Is there a lot of a lot of good recs, recommendations? Oh, yeah. There? Yeah. Oh, yeah. What else did you learn? I, I learned what plays. What plays? So, yeah. s- slim fit? Slim fit plays. Really... Well, I mean, for a lot of the guys on there, they were just sort of like jeans and t-shirt kind of dudes. Sure. So it was more like, let's expand your wardrobe. Yeah. And, and guys would be like, look, I don't want like floral pl- prints and stuff. And the guy would be like, okay, well, we'll just do stripes. Stripes cool? I don't know. I'm really uncomfortable in stripes. Try this on and then show your wife. And then he did it. And she was like, oh, this is incredible. And he was wow. like, okay. So now I know that my wife likes this. I I, I can I can get down with this. Yeah. 
Okay. That's that's pretty cool. It's like, honey, who are you hanging out with? Oh, just Tommy and Dave. Oh, they... No, no. These guys show up in the middle of wherever you are, and it is it's like... It's on? It's like a Pride Festival walked in there. They're super hype when they come and they just grab you. Oh, and my. Obviously, I'm fairly certain they were warned beforehand. Like, Fair enough. The magic of television. And they all take place... All of these take place in, like, Georgia. Well, that makes sense. That's like the show is based out of like Atlanta, so they yeah. go to like rural counties in Georgia. Well, but I knew that early on. Like, if you're skinny, wear horizontal stripes. Yeah, it makes you look, you know, broader or short. Wear vertical stripes. Yeah, that right. Exactly. That's that's an old, old tip. Yeah, but then there's rules that are meant to be broken. Like, don't wear white after Labor Day. No, <laughs> I'm I'm punk rock. I'm gonna wear white after I'm Labor Day. Wear white all year round, mm-hmm. even in the white white snow. Yeah. I'm gonna get lost in the background, like I'm, like I'm fighting a war against the Nazis in Norway, or or Finland versus Russia. Yes, where the Finns destroyed the Russians. That's pretty awesome, actually. Yeah, never. They say they say never invade Russia in the winter time. I I think it would be equally, if not more, true for Finland. Well, but then didn't uh, the Mongols literally rape and pillage Russia pretty well? I don't think they got super far up mm, I think okay. I, maybe I don't know the, in Siberia or in very northern parts of Russia that's way up in the Arctic Circle they have their own indigenous populations and they almost look like they could be from um, East Asia right it's just when I, I was learning about China uh, China the, two weeks ago and just the recent history same with Russia their governments have been overturned. They've gone through <laughs> communist revolutions. They've been invaded a few times by Western powers, by their uh, regional rivals. I kind of get why they're paranoid and nationalistic. It still scares the hell out of me. My favorite quote is, I don't even know who said it, other than it was, it's very popular among Russian historians. But to sum up Russian history is, you can say in a sentence, and then it got worse. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I, I, I really enjoyed that. <laughs> and then it got worse. That makes sense. Oh, well. well here, let's go to the phone and see who's on line one. 272-9228. Hey, who's this? You're on there. Hey, this is Brent. Hey, what's up, man? Hey, man. Uh, just hopping back in my truck. Uh, you guys were coming off break. Yeah. Uh, the bumper music there. Who is that? I totally missed it. I don't know if you guys announced it or not. but Death from that? Above 1979 is the name of the group. That song is Outrageous Now, which is also the title of the EP. Awesome. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Really good stuff. As soon as I get off the phone with you guys, I'm looking it up. Awesome, man. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Thank you. Yep. All over the place tonight, but I'm enjoying this. Mm-hmm. I have to admit, I'm tired, though. You, dude, you look tired, yeah. and... You mentioned this when you sent me the text message. You said when you got the LASIK, they popped a blood vessel in your yeah, eyes. Yeah, that happens sometimes. Um, it, it looks pretty crazy. Like, it almost looks like... It did look much worse. It did? It was, like, on the inside corner. Oh, okay. And the whole left was completely red. It, so it, it's kind of receded some. It almost looked like you tried to force a number two, but you were oh, constipated. Well, and you, you, you went too hard, you know? No, you got to let it out easy. Yeah. Oh, after Easter weekend, let me tell you what. Did you have some good... This morning good in the middle of yoga. I had to pause my yoga workout. Because, I mean, yoga does get the, the bowels going. 
Like, well, I mean, you're doing all those stretches. All the stretches those... and undulations. You're, you're basically, you're moving, yeah. you're moving things around. And so I'm in table position. I go up into cat lift, into cat arch. You know, really getting the spine compressed and extended, compressed, extended. And I went, oh, my. <laughs> oh, no. I had to get up, pause it, and then I, oh, man. Well, it, but I felt good, actually. At least you weren't in a more compromising position. True. Where it was like, uh, I can't move from here. Right, right, yeah. Like, well, I haven't reached, like, really advanced yoga poses. Like, the handstands people do. Or, oh, right. Like, even not the handstand, but, like, on your forearms, you pick up your legs. That's crazy stuff. Yeah. Not doing that. <laughs> like, though I can't almost put my foot over my head. I, I, well, okay. I can't, almost. Not quite. Is that something that you 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 test yourself as like a? I've tried it. I've well, been on the couch. Is, and is that like, like a uh, a goal of yours? Not really. It's just like I was sitting on the couch one night, going, "Hmm, I wonder if I can." Yeah, I almost can. <laughs> I'm getting flexible. We really are descended from apes. Yeah, I haven't been this limber in quite some time. Feels good. Okay. Something about a good stretch it just wakes me up. It makes me feel. Oh, I I totally vigorous. Full of vitality. Turgid. Yeah. Turgid? Oh. No, I don't feel turgid. Meat game strong? Oh, yeah. In, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Rigor mortis is setting in, but I'm not dead. Ooh, okay. Yeah. Okay. I'm yeah. picking up what you're putting down. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, I caught a few episodes. I walked in. It was a pleasant surprise. Usually, you know, sometimes those stories start off, I walked in and I saw, oh. Right. Yeah. No. My brother and Jonathan watching Psych. Really? Oh, I love that show. I forgot how good that show is. I think they came out with like a standalone movie, too. I think so. We need to watch it. We do. But uh, James Rode is a genius. Mm-hmm. And Dulé Hill. Oh, They're so good together. Magic head. And, and they, they just grew as the show went along. Really great. And uh, a lot of those USA shows became formulaic, but uh, that one, I really liked their formula. Mm-hmm. I like I like Burn Notice's formula. Yeah. I, rem- I haven't watched that in ages, though. It's been a long time. Did you ever stick with Suits? No, no but my parents adore that show. Yeah, and it's really interesting because one of the one of the characters on there, the the actual actress that plays her, is now like a princess. She married like she's about to get married. Yeah, yeah, or yeah, yeah. To, I, uh, married, yeah which yeah. one, Harry or William? The one with red hair. Don't they both have red hair? Uh, the younger one. They're both gingers. The younger one. The younger one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think it's. I don't know who it is. I don't keep up with the silly thing like the royal family of Great Britain. Mm-mm. Why would I? No, nope, I do. I'm a Republican. I do keep tabs on the Queen, though. Really? She's a treasure. She's a delight. That's my Queen impersonation. Hello, Troy. What if you met her and she was like the nose place? If if you get told the nose plays from the the Queen of England, rigor mortis. <laughs> yeah, I mean I know that's not it's probably improper protocol when you meet a queen. Yeah, that's true. I don't know a whole lot about the protocols, but I do know that whenever a president goes over there, there's usually a protocol that gets broken, and all the all the Brits tut. Yeah, well, you're I'm not your subject. Thank you very much. In fact, we we. We, we didn't want to be your subject so much, we started a war. No, in, in the Civil War, the English Civil War, what was it, the Royalists and the Republicans? Or mm-hmm. 
or whatever they were. I Gosh, would, what's that? Would have been against Al- the crown. Oliver. Yeah, Cromwell. Cromwell. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, but then Cromwell. This is the thing. We're having a revolution against the tyrannical monarch, so we install a tyrannical Republican leader. It's the usual thing that happens. <laughs> Once you get to the mountaintop, you say, "What do we do now?" Yeah, it's not so great being privileged. It's got its perks. It's got its perks, no doubt. It's better to be privileged than oppressed. Yeah, privileges, if you will. But the sword of Damocles is a real thing. Yeah, that's true. Like, you reach the top of the mountain, you're like, well, it's nice, but it's uh, a little precarious. I, I want to be, like, halfway up the mountain. Especially if you got there via tyranny. Yes, absolutely. Like, rather than standing on the shoulders of the people that inspired you, it's yeah, it's their lifeless heads or corpses. Right, and, and to have all those memories and that baggage... Now, I want to ask you this about LASIK. It's amazing that I can now see 2015. I only still have the halo effect with lights at night, like we were talking mm-hmm. about off air. That never went away from me. I still hmm. have it. Um, but isn't it weird having the memory, because I was wide awake when the procedure happened, of seeing the doctor after they cut the, whatever, the flap, mm-hmm. and seeing the microscopic tweezers pull back the flap. It's just such a weird... I'm like, I can't believe this is happening. No wonder they gave me Xanax. Yeah. it. Yeah, especially because it's like, you know, I, I don't want people touching my eyes. Right. And you're awake for the whole thing. Excuse me. And then um, for me, and you didn't get this, but for me, it was the smell. Mm. Because they use a cold laser is what they call it. It's a, Or where I got it done, they use a cold laser. So it's not a hot laser. It's cold. As they're sort of slicing down your lens yeah. to make it to where you can see better, um, or lasing down your lens, you, I smelled cooking flesh. It smelled just like when you put bacon in a cast iron skillet. Man, it sounds delicious. And I remember remarking to the doctor, I was like, is that bacon? <laughs> and he was like, no, that's your eye. <laughs> well, I think- and I said, well, that's peculiar. Uh, I might have told folks last week or so, but I probably texted this to you. But I'm, this is how much of a smartass I am, and probably the Xanax was doing this. But I'm laying there on the table. I'm awake. I probably should have taken two Xanax instead of just one. And uh, he's like, oh, as he's doing it with the separators. Oh, you've got big eyelids. This is going to be a bit uncomfortable. And he's like, I'm really going to have to open you up here. And I go, well, all right, Mr. Kubrick. And he goes... I don't get that. Is that a... That must be a millennial thing. Like, whatever you say, clockwork orange. He goes, oh, okay. Now we're going to cut into your eyeball. God, Joe, you're an idiot. Why are you talking back to this man who has your vision in his hands? I remember answering clockwork orange when you were in the middle of going to the next text to explain it. Yeah. It's like, come on, a millennial. Millennials get blamed for everything. I'm sorry. It's not millennials... Who are snorting condoms. It's idiots who are snorting condoms. Bored idiots. Well, there's, I mean, there's like studies in psychology that have been done where every generation sort of blames the next generation for its issues. And it's a scapegoat. It's a convenient scapegoat. Right. Yeah. And I've heard this a lot um, from my generation. I can't wait for the boomers to be gone. Oh, that's a pretty morbid. I, I don't like that thought. No. No, I don't, I don't like it either. Hmm. But then they they do point out genuine hypocrisies with the styles of thinking of 
those generation, that generation, and I'm like, hmm. Well, and I'm sure our children will point out our hypocrisies. Yeah. Well, good show, man. Good show. Glad to be back. I'm glad you are back, and folks, I'll be back tomorrow night, hopefully with more sleep. And pep in your step. Yeah. See, um, you know, talk to y'all then. Ta-ta. Joey Clark.